It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Mighty Main Street is a show about our small businesses in Salt Lake County and around the state, where we showcase these extraordinary business owners who share their amazing experiences and how they're thriving in today's business environment. Brought to you by Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. I have Chief Taster with me, Stuart Melling, with Gastronomic Salt Lake City, and he is going to be telling us about all the cool places to go. And I know that we've had some shifts and changes with our restaurant scene, and Stuart's been right on top of it. And Stuart, we were just talking about the fact that you launched this in 2007. Yeah, that's right. So I moved here in 2005. And if I recall correctly, which it was a long time ago, so my memory's hazy, I remember picking up newspapers and magazines and reading the restaurant reviews. Just getting frustrated, so right, I'm going to do this myself and uh, skip forward 14 years. <laughs> that is astonishing, and um, clearly you're from the UK. I'm just, I'm just going to wild guess on my part. Um, you did guess correctly. Sometimes I get Australian. Oh, German oh, yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, I can hear a little bit of that. If that's how did we get so fortunate to have you come over from Europe to uh, call Utah your home? Where did that come from? Well, I'm about fortunate, but uh, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> Uh, we met online way back before you could swipe left and right. We just talked about music online. That was in like 98, 99, I think. Really? And she was living here yeah. at the time? Yeah, she's she's born and raised in Taylorsville. And you came across the pond, so to speak, and joined us? Yep. yep. Give us an idea of your food background. Um, I know you're a taster and you love great food. Where does the expertise come from? A lot of different places. I actually grew up in a butcher's shop. My dad's until he recently retired, was a butcher his entire life from about the age of 15. So we spent a lot of time around, you know, a lot of, a lot of product. And um, we cooked a lot. I mean, my mother was very keen that we all knew how to cook and bake and various things. And it became a passion, turned into an obsession, I suppose. And then years later, I was one of the freelance restaurant critics for Salt Lake Tribune for about, I think, five, six years until I think people started to maybe know my face or I'd run out of adjectives to describe, describe the next burger. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, that's a wonderful beginning, especially with the with the Tribune. But gosh, growing up in a butcher shop with your, I mean, that just sounds almost romantic. I mean, there's just, you know, it's just, I can just envision <laughs> it in Europe and this happening. And and I love your mother's attitude, making sure everybody can cook. She's smart. Uh, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to just be the only one. So that makes a lot of sense. I can see where that comes from. And you've got to let the folks know about your website and how we can find out more about curbside, delivery, pickup, and uh, what's hot. Sure. So the website is gastronomicslc.com, which is a bit of a mouthful. If you just go to Google and search for Salt Lake Food Blog, I'll be, I'll, you'll see me come up right at the top, number one. And then on the, we normally have one or two stories a week. And they recap what's going on right now in the food scene, which might be updates on menus, uh, foodie events, 
uh, chef changes, new restaurants closures, basically whatever's going on. And as as you mentioned, this year has been, well, last year has been quite the tumultuous kind of 12 months. So we have kind of focused more on, um, well, well, the, well, the industry itself has gone, which is, as you say, is curbside deals, uh, family meal bundles, who's doing delivery. For instance, I know a lot of really high-end restaurants recently got together to form something called Hive Eats, and that's kind of Hargo, Kachina, and Copper Onion um, this week, where you kind of sign up and then you get like a delivery of really nice restaurant food every day to your doorstep. So there's lots going on. Isn't it just amazing, the human spirit, the resilience, the shift that people are making in order to, you know, maintain, uh, be successful, hopefully grow, certainly be in a great position to uh, shoot out with our recovery that's on the horizon. Doesn't it just kind of blow your mind? Oh, absolutely. Um, I wrote a story late last year on the changing face of the industry, which is on the homepage of the website, people stop by. And that talked about all the different uh, business models that have come out of this. I mean, I don't think people are spending any less on food, probably a little bit more, treating themselves while all this unfolds. It's just the way that people are spending is changing. So you're seeing a lot of uh, businesses. Um, like last year, me and my wife, my birthday, we had a charcuterie platter delivered to the house, like a big selection of local uh, cheeses and meats and fruits and crackers. And that this lady put together a new company called Maven Oak Creative, and she kind of curates it all, puts it together, delivers it to your doorstep. It's beautiful. Um, so a lot of people are doing things like that. What a great tip that is. And so we can go to your website and find out, like, you call is it Maven Oak Creators? Maven Oak Creative is the that is, is that so, company. Yeah. Wow, wow, what a cool idea that is. And then I know that people with their sensitivity, they like to be able to call in, pay for everything, and just be able to go curbside. Um, and so do you, the people that you're featuring, you've had that experience that they're making it safe so people are real comfortable? There are a lot of different approaches. Um, some restaurants are, are absolutely taking it. The safety precautions are a lot more uh, stricter, shall we say. And, I, you know, I like to support those and call them up um, when they're doing a really, really great job. I think everybody's taking it seriously, but, you know, some are really going an extra mile. Um, it's a really fluid situation, though. Um, some restaurants are still closed. Some are saying, hey, come and dine in, you know, 50% capacity. And, and some are like, well, we're just curbside only. So, it, I mean, it's really um, for your local food magazine online <laughs> or for your favorite uh, restaurants on the social media and just, you know, keep pace with all the changes week in, week out. Well, what's interesting, Stuart, is that you shifted with the business clearly. You have clearly have, I mean, it must have been quite a shock. Uh, in March when all this came down, knowing what you do for a living. But it sounds to me like you've taken uh, gastronomic gastronomic Salt Lake City and shifted with the industry. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've always tried to do. I think the only one thing you can count on is change, right? So, yeah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> you can't ever get stuck in, stuck in a row. So we changed a few things. We have paid sponsors, and I try and only work with companies that I really like myself. Um, and in some cases, they're like, hey, you know, time's tough on that. Don't worry, like, you know, the next six months or whatever, that's on me. Just let's, you know, let's all get through this together and see what's on the other side. I mean, this year, every year I kind of write a prediction of what I think is going to happen in the food industry. And one last year was like, hey, we're going to have all these great food events. And obviously that was, you know, way off base. So I think everybody had to pivot and change. Well, without a doubt. By the way, you were brought to us by Visit Salt Lake. They're sponsoring this program. They're underwriting this program to support small businesses like yourself and uh, make sure that we give you 
exposure when we can. And um, this is just a cool product. This is exactly what we need. Uh, on your family, on the family bundles and the people that are just doing complete dinners, you know, for whatever number you need, do you have mm-hmm. those listed so we know where to call if we're doing a family of four or five or six or whatever the case may be? Do you have those listed kind of separately on your website? Sure. Right on the homepage towards the top, top middle is actually a section on um, curbside and a section on delivery. Now, again, it has been a little fluid because back in March and April last year, that's what everybody went to overnight. And then as times moved on, a lot of people have gone back to dining, for want of a better um, phrase. So those lists are still great places to start a search. And then you can go, like if a restaurant back in March last year was doing curbside, they probably still are right now. But it's good to check out that list, then hit up that restaurant's like Facebook page or Instagram page and see what they're doing right now. Chances are if, you know, they were doing curbside last year, they will still be doing it this year. I'm not surprised you ever uh, have a relationship with Visit Salt Lake because um, they're supporting the tourism industry into um, into Utah, Salt Lake County specifically. And they need, I mean, this you're perfect for tourists coming in. For locals, you're perfect. For tourists coming in, you're perfect. Uh, so I, I love that idea. Uh, one more question just as we wrap up. Yeah. Do you also feature, like we have incredible butcher shops. We have wonderful bakeries. Uh, and just, I mean, for the locals to be able to go to a Tuli's, for instance, and get their wonderful chocolate salted caramel cake or their olive oil cake that they're known for. And so do you also feature that, not just restaurants? Restaurants, or are you restaurants only? It's the entire food and beverage scene, really. And Great. Again, wherever kind of like the nature of here and now takes me, in as much as let's say Thanksgiving's coming up, so I have a every year we do a big rundown of what's going on in food and drink for Thanksgiving, which isn't just going out and having a great meal cooked for you. It might be, as you say, a butcher shop like Bell Tex Meats. Yes, uh, they do a, a absolutely amazing brine turkey and they stuff it with compound butter and. You bring it home, and even I managed to cook an amazing turkey this year. And <laughs> so when opportunities for bakeries or breweries or butchers or farmers markets comes up, that is all included in kind of the weekly news output. Stuart, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're doing this for us. This is such a great idea. And you know what's interesting? We need this now more than ever before. Please give oh, us absolutely. your website in closing one more time, would you? Sure. It's gastronomic. SLC.com. All the best to you, Stuart. Thank you so much for your great work. Cool. Thank you so much. To hear this interview again, download the KSL News Radio app or listen anywhere you find great podcasts. Just search Mighty Main Street. We're coming right back on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.